you have a Bible with you this morning, I would like you to turn to the book of First Peter, which we, I am going through in a sermon series, the book of First Peter, chapter 2 and verses 13 through 17. First Peter chapter 2 and verses 13 through 17 will be the passage of scripture that we look at this morning. I said to you a couple of weeks ago that you don't have to make the Bible relevant if you teach it carefully and prayerfully, it is relevant. It is very relevant. And we are going to look at a passage this morning that touches on one of the hottest topics in our country today among evangelical Christians, and that is submission to the government. I don't think you could have a topic more relevant. It just continues to amaze me how the inspired word of God speaks to us right where we are at in this country. I want you to listen carefully to what Peter says to the believers that he is writing to. 1 Peter 2, verses 13 through 17. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Well, our first point this morning is submission to authority. The Bible's teaching on submission to authority is one of the most difficult areas for most Christians to obey. If you were to ask me this morning, what do I think is the most difficult doctrine, and by doctrine we simply mean a teaching that is found throughout the Bible. If you were to ask me, what is the most difficult doctrine to understand, there's a couple that would come to mind, but I would probably say, having talked with people over the years, it's probably the Trinity. We believe in the Trinity, but the Trinity is one of those things that has no earthly corollary and is hard for us to wrap our minds around. If you were to ask me what is the most difficult doctrine to believe, I would say, based on my conversations with people over the years, the most difficult doctrine to believe would probably be eternal hell. For some people, it's just hard. It's not that they don't believe it, but it's just hard to think of people suffering in hell, in a fire that never is quenched for all of eternity. But if you were to ask me what is the doctrine that is hardest to obey for most Christians, that one's a little easier for me. I would say it is the doctrine of submission. Submitting to those in authority can be very hard for us. In Isaiah 53, 6, it says, We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. We traditionally use that in the area of evangelism. It is. It's a great evangelistic verse. 
and it was us before we came to Christ. We were like sheep who had gone astray. Each of us was doing our own thing and gone our own way. But even in our redeemed state, even as those who are saved, even those who are now Christians, we have a hard time submitting to authority. There is something in us that is independent. There is something in us that is rebellious. Our sinful nature is being transformed constantly, and this is one big area. There are a number of areas of submission to authority that are talked about in Scripture, but this passage talks specifically about submission to government authority. And I don't think I have to give a big, ex big explanation here, but in our culture right now, it has almost become fashionable for Christians to criticize the government. On a regular basis, we hear people trashing President Obama, and we hear people trashing Washington and trashing Congress. And folks, I think we need to be very, very careful with this. I don't want you to misunderstand me this morning. We are living in a time, and I've said this already in this series, in which we are straying from the word of God in this country faster than any of us thought it would happen. Our culture is decaying faster than many of us would have thought 20, 30 years ago. But nonetheless, we have a responsibility as the children of God to be submissive to government authority. This is the clear teaching of the New Testament. In Romans chapter 13 and verses 1 and 2, the Apostle Paul writes, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who re resist will incur judgment. I want you to think carefully with me this morning that we are commanded by the holy word of God. Let every person, no exception, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. Titus 3, verses 1 and 2. Remind them. Paul is writing to Titus and says, I want... Titus, as the pastor of this congregation, I want you to remind them of this. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. Remind them, Titus. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities. And if we were to take these three passages, 1 Peter 2, 13 through 17, Romans 13, verses 1 and 2, Titus verses, or excuse me, Titus chapter 3 and verses 1 and 2, those are the three main passages in the New Testament that refer to our submission to the government. So if you were forming what we would call a systematic theology of submission to government, you would start with these three passages of Scripture. 
Now, I want to make this very real, very personal this morning for every single one of us. This passage of Scripture, the Word of God here, means we are to submit to the authority of President Obama. We are to submit to the authority of the United States Congress. We are to submit to the authority of the Supreme Court. We are to submit to the authority of the federal judiciary. We are to submit to the authority of Governor Snyder. We are to submit to both branches of Michigan State Legislature. We are to submit to our Michigan State Police. We are to submit to our Clinton County police officers and to our St. John's police officers. We are to submit to the Clinton County Board of Commissioners. We are to submit to the St. John's City Commission. And if you are from DeWitt or Owasso or Ovid or some other community, just fill in the blanks there. Now, it doesn't say submit when you agree with them. It doesn't say submit when only good people are in office. It just says to submit. And let us be real this morning. There, will al there always has been and always will be leaders we don't trust. There always has been and always will be laws we don't agree with or don't like. There always has been and always will be taxes we don't want to pay. I want to read something here from John MacArthur. It's not on the screen, but I want you to think about these three passages of Scripture, two of them written by Paul, one of them by Peter. John MacArthur writes, although Peter and Paul both lived in the openly sinful, decadent Roman Empire, a society infamous for evil, including homosexuality, infanticide, government corruption, abuse of women, immorality, and violence. Neither apostle offered any exemption by which believers were free to defy civil authority. Jesus himself had commanded, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. All forms of government, from dictatorships to democracies, are filled with evil because they are led by fallen sinners. Still, Civil authority is from God, although the individual rulers may be godless. I just want you to think about that. They are writing to people who are living under very difficult circumstances. Now, I know some of you are probably ahead of me here. You're probably saying, yes, Pastor Tim, but what about Acts 5.29? And that's a good question. In Acts chapter 5, the apostles have been put in prison by the Jewish religious authorities, and they are told, no more. You are no more to preach in the name of Jesus. And they make that famous statement, sorry, we can't obey because we must obey God rather than men. We must obey God rather than men. I say to you this morning, yes, there are times when we must disobey the government if they are asking us to do something that is clearly forbid in Scripture or forbidding us to do something that is clearly taught 
in Scripture. But I will say this to each and every one of you. If you are going to defy the government, you better make sure that it is something that is clearly taught in Scripture. This does not apply to your personal political preferences. It only applies to the clear teaching of the Word of God. And I want you to think about something else with me this morning. When the apostles said, we must obey God rather than men, actually it was one person speaking for the apostles. Do you know who that person was? It was Peter. Thank you. It was Peter. So the very person who said, we must obey God rather than men, is also the person that wrote this passage that we are looking at this morning. R.C. Sproul has a wonderful quote. It's a little bit long. It's going to be on the screen. Bear with me a minute. I, I want to read this to you. It, he really sums up well the Christian's responsibility to government. He writes this, For God's sake, we are called to be model citizens. We are told to bend over backwards to honor the king or be obedient to civil magistrates. That doesn't mean a slavish obedience to the civil magistrates. There are occasions on which Christians not only may but must disobey the civil magistrates. Anytime a civil government requires a Christian to do what God forbids or forbids them to do what God commands, then the person must disobey. But our basic posture toward government, according to the New Testament, is to be submissive and obedient citizens of the state. We are also given the duty of praying for earthly governments that they may fulfill the tasks God has given to them. For God's sake, we are called to be model citizens. Our basic posture toward government, according to the New Testament, is to be submissive and obedient citizens. Now, I want you to think about the context of what Peter is saying. It's the beauty of studying a book in its entirety. We get to think what comes before it and what comes after it, its context. The context of 1 Peter 2, verses 13 through 17, makes this passage a challenge for every Christian in every generation. I want you to remember to whom Peter is writing. I shared this with you a number of months ago when we began the book. Peter is writing to those Christians who are now enduring persecution, what he terms multiple times in his book, fiery trials from the Roman government. The emperor at this time is Nero. I want you to remember that's very important to this context and to this passage. There is a great cloud, dark cloud on the horizon of a horrendous persecution that is about to come on the church. As one commentary said, not new to you, emperor, excuse me, Nero is considered the worst emperor to ever rule in the Roman Empire. He was cruel, he was wicked, he was vile, he was moral, immoral, 
and he was sadistic. One commentary called him a deranged tyrant. His hatred for Christians was well known throughout the empire. And Peter says, honor the emperor. Wow. Try to put yourself in that historical context. Peter says to the believers at that time, honor the emperor. Now also keep this in mind. It was this Roman government that would eventually crucify Peter upside down because of his faith. And he says, honor the emperor. Think of how this has played out with Christians throughout history. In the history of the church, many of our brothers and sisters in Christ have lived under tyrannical dictatorships, under great persecution. And in every generation of the church, they have read and explained and sought to obey 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. Pastor Chad mentioned earlier about the Voice of the Martyrs conference yesterday. What a tremendous conference. I think of, for those of you who were able to be here, it exceeded, it exceeded all of our expectations in attendance and just in the dynamic impact of the speakers that they had there. And we spent the day being challenged to pray for, to love, to reach out to our persecuted brothers and sisters throughout the world and heard about some of the terrible persecution that they are enduring. Yesterday, Sarah Lu, a young Chinese woman, was here in our church giving testimony in her broken English right here at First Baptist. She spent over six years in a Chinese labor camp and for most of that time, she was severely beaten and tortured. Her story has become so famous, the Voice of the Martyrs have made a video about her. She told us what she went through. Sweet, sweet, innocent, young woman. 1 Peter 2, verses 13 through 17 is written to Sarah. It's written to all those persecuted Christians throughout the world. They are told in every way that they can, where it doesn't violate the word of God, they are to submit themselves to their government. They are to honor their leaders. This is a tough context. A really tough context. And so our second point this morning is a challenging text. We are to be subject to every human institution for the Lord's sake. In verses 13 and 14 it says, Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil, and to praise those who do good. This is our command. Be subject to every human institution, but here's the key phrase for the whole passage, for the Lord's sake. 
for the Lord's sake. You are to do this for the sake of the Lord himself. And I want you to know this passage is not about you. It's not about your opinions. I don't care how passionate you are about your politics. I don't care how strongly you hold to your political opinions. And I share with you as I've shared before, my undergraduate degree is in political science. I love politics. I love to read about them. I love to watch the news. But folks, this isn't about me. It isn't about you. It isn't about our opinions. This is for the sake of the Lord. This is for the sake of the gospel. You are being asked to submit to government authorities for the sake of the gospel, that it might flourish from God-honoring people, not only here but all around the world. This is for the sake of your personal testimony, that your personal testimony might never be damaged in front of the unbelievers who watch you every single day. In verse 14, it says that the government is sent to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. That means the role of government as ordained by God. This is a God-ordained institution. The role of government is to provide a civil environment in which people can live, to punish evildoers and to reward those who do good. Now, this does not mean they will always do it perfectly. It doesn't mean there will never be clashes between protesters and police. It doesn't mean that our government will always get it right, and sometimes they may get it very wrong. But their overall role, both at the federal level, the state level, and the local level, is to provide a safe environment for which we can carry on our lives and for us to carry out our Christian faith. Now, Here's the key to this whole thing. When we submit ourselves to human authority in every area where we possibly can, we testify that we are the children of God, that we are different. When we submit ourselves to civil authorities at all levels, in every way that we can, yes, there may be times where we have to obey the word of God rather than the law, but those are rare times. The vast majority of the time we must submit ourselves. And when we do, when we do, we testify to a watching world that we are the children of God, that we are different. That as people watch us, they say, you know those evangelical Christians, I know they don't agree with this current administration, and in many ways we don't but yet they are model citizens. They are good people. They go about doing good works. They do go about doing good to all people. That's what we want said about us. Even though we disagree, even though we work for different laws or different leaders, in the midst of all of that, we continue to be the very best and obedient citizens in our country. 
In verses 15 and 16, Peter says, For this is the will of God. Whenever you see that, boy, take note of that. This is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. We've already seen this in 1 Peter. We saw it just a few weeks ago. That our good deeds are to put to silence our critics. And when they criticize us falsely, and say mean things about us. They will be refuted by our good works and our good lives. Remember in verse 11 of this chapter, Peter urges us as sojourners and exiles, as aliens and strangers, this earth is not our home. Our ultimate allegiance is to our King, the Lord Jesus. But he has put us on this earth for a time. And during that time, he has called us and commanded us to obey the government. In verse 12, it says, Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God. That's the goal. That when people say mean and false and cruel things about you, they may see your good deeds and glorify God and have to say, wow, he does live a good life. She does live a good life. In verse 15, it says, for this is the will of God. There's some debate among scholars whether that refers to the clause before it or to the clause after it. But in a sense, it doesn't matter. Here's the will of God. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Here's the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. The ignorance of foolish people means people who just don't like you, who oppose you. And because they don't like you and because they oppose you, they're going to say things about you that aren't true. They're going to create hysterical scenarios about you and why we ought to be afraid of you and why we ought not to trust you. And he says that by doing good in the way you live and the things you do, by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. And then in verse 16 it says this, live as people who are free not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Live as people who are free. And what Peter is saying here is, brother and sister in Christ, you have been set free by Jesus. You are free from the guilt and penalty of sin. You are free from the legalistic requirements of the Old Testament law. You are free to submit yourself fully to God and to obey him. You are free to be a servant of all, to be a servant to all of the people that you come into contact with. You have been set free. 
but don't use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Don't use your freedom in Christ to say, my allegiance belongs to Jesus, I don't have to obey these earthly laws. My allegiance belongs to Jesus, so I'll live any way I want to live. No, not at all. Don't use your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but use your freedom to live as servants of God. Use your freedom to show people, to demonstrate to people that even though you may disagree with our government in certain areas and aspects, you will continue to be the best possible citizen that you can be in any and every way. Well, verse 17 is a wonderful little summary of how to live the Christian life. I'm so grateful for the guys for putting this verse on the screen for our meditation during the offering this morning. It is a wonderful little summary. We like summary sheets. I, I do anyway. And probably you've seen some of these online. You get, here's a little, sometimes we call them cheat sheets. Here's a summary sheet of the beliefs of Mormonism, or here's a summary sheet of what Jehovah's Witnesses believe, or here's a summary sheet of the ten basic things that Muslims believe. And we like those kinds of things because I can refer to it, and maybe it's not in depth, but I can remember the basics. Verse 17 is a wonderful outline, a wonderful summary of the Christian life. If you probe into each one of these, it will help you every single day as you live your Christian life. In fact, this would be a good verse for all of us to memorize. First, Peter says, honor everyone. It literally means show respect and kindness and love to every person. And shouldn't that characterize us as Christians? Isn't that what should characterize us? They will know we are Christians by our love, let us show respect, kindness, and love to all people, to all people of all skin colors. Racial bigotry should never, ever, ever, ever be found in a Christian, ever. We are to show love and respect and kindness to all people no matter their economic level. We should show respect to the CEO who lives in the mansion and to the homeless person who lives on the street. We should do it for people at all power levels, people who have power or people like most of us who have no power. We show respect to the president, to high officials, to business people, and we show respect to the average man, the average woman who works in the office, works on the construction site, works on the assembly line. We show respect and love to all of them. Honor everyone. Secondly, love the brotherhood. We covered this a few weeks ago. I won't spend a lot of time on it. It means we are to love all of our brothers and sisters in Christ. We are to love those who are unlovable. We are to love those that we disagree with. We are to love those who have different preferences than we have. Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples 
if you have love for one another. Third, we are to fear God. To fear God here means that you so revere and love and respect God that it is your deepest heart's desire to want to please him in everything that you do. In everything you do and say, to say, Lord, am I pleasing to you? Is this what you want me to do? Am I honoring you? That's what it means in this context to fear God. I belong to him. I am his. I am gladly and joyfully a bondservant of the Most High God. But then he says this, honor the emperor. Honor Caesar Nero. You may be a fool. You may disagree with him. Much of what he does may be wrong. Honor him. Because he is the one that I have allowed for this time to be in authority over you. Honor our government and our leaders in every way that you possibly can. Because when we do that, we testify. We testify that we are the children of God. We testify that we are different from this world. And we testify that we are the church. We are the church of Jesus Christ. And let the world know that in the way that we live, in the words that we speak, in the way that we submit ourselves to our governing authorities because God has commanded it to us, even when we disagree with them. even when we are troubled by the direction in which they are taking us. As the church, we obey God by obeying those in authority over us. Let's pray together. Father, in thinking about this passage, we stand with our brothers and sisters throughout church history. We stand with our persecuted brothers and sisters all around the world who live under very difficult governments and very difficult situations. We stand with them, Lord, and come before you and say, Lord, help us to obey what you have commanded. It is not always easy for us it does not always seem right to us. So we pray, give us the power. Give us the grace. Fill us with your Holy Spirit that we might obey your word. In any and every way we possibly can, help us to be model citizens and to obey and submit to those who are in authority over us. Lord, we pray for them. We pray that you will so work in their minds and hearts, 
you will cause them to do what is right, that you will cause them to let your people continue to practice their faith. But even if they don't, even if they don't, help us to submit in every way we can. In Jesus' name, amen.